If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, July 29th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. And I'm Eklund. And you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time. Fills you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world and is brought to you by people like you at Patreon.com slash hockey, where you can donate up to 25 or whatever you want to donate a month. Um, some people are doing $5 a month. Some people are doing $10 a month. We do special podcasts here and there for, for those people. We had a great one last this past Monday. We'll have another one next Friday. You can donate a million dollars if you want to. You sure can. A thousand dollars will get you that bell back there, um, and uh, you know, but you know, not, and not a cent more. Actually, someone, someone, if you offer me five hundred bucks, you make the bell too. You, you can definitely the bell's negotiable, but but you know, just throwing it out there. It's hard to find one of these like actual bells with an actual mallet like this. That's something. I mean, that's not every day. So anyway. Um, that's the deal there. We have some fun little news. It's, it's going to be kind of a quick hit. There's a little bit of a slow news day because we're sitting around waiting for Tyson Barry and what's going to happen there. That's um that's basically the big story today. Um, Tyson Barry, who is two million about roughly roughly two million dollars apart from his team now, are they are in arbitration? They've gone to arbitration. The hearing is ongoing, as I understand it. I'm yeah. trying to find out if it's if it's broken up yet for the day or if they're going to. They have going to go and leave a message. These things can be damaging when it gets to this point. There's a reason that 23 of the 25 settled. You know. Um, this, this only this one, and I guess the one with the Maple Leafs still exists, right? Uh, Martin Marinson, yeah, he's. The, I think he's. I think his is in August. I think it's August second. I think that's the last one. So, and that's not nearly as at the level. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually wrote a, wrote about it today because not not because you know there's any great hue and cry for Martin Marinson or you know it's it's a key signing or you know whatever, but with him, it's the Maple Leafs are starting to get up there in terms of pro contracts. I think depending on what ends up happening with Jimmy VC and uh, the whole situation with Jared Cowan and his uh, disputed buyout, the Leafs could have as many as 48 players under contract, and that doesn't leave them a lot of room going into uh, into the season. You only have 50 NHL contracts. Right, and I don't I don't think that you know they're going to find another team to do a five for one um, Michael Grabner deal like they did last year. So right. you know that's something that as they go on because they have unsigned draft picks just like everybody else does. So they're going to have to create room as the season goes along. Um, so that I mean that so that one is interesting. But the the Barry thing, I mean I I would be surprised if it gets settled, and that's going against the the, the norm right now, as you said, all these. Yeah. Pre- have been have been settled, but we know where this situation is. I mean, his name has been out there in terms of trade rumors. He believes he's worth a lot more. You know, I believe that the amount that he put up as part of the arbitration was six million. They came back with four point two five or four point five. Yeah. So it's not exactly. You're talking almost two million dollars. That's a big gap, and I'm sure you know he wants to get that one year deal and then go to unrestricted agency and they're not going to offer him more than a one-year deal and maybe there maybe a trade is is upcoming after the arbitration you don't know 
that can happen. And, you know, I mean, the deal has to be signed and all that stuff has to, you know, you, once you arbitration, you're, you're bound to that. This is binding arbitration. You've got to, if you're going to, unless you're going to walk away, which they're not going to walk away from Tyson Perry. No. So they're going to have to decide him. And this, this is the same team that, you know, has had a history of this um, to a degree of, of, when you look at teams that do let arbitration play itself out, this the Colorado Avalanche are one of the teams it has in the past. Um, you know, and I think of the, of, of, of what's his name in Buffalo. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And he played out arbitration. And, and you know, we've always said that when you play arbitration out, it, it generally means that the player is eventually getting moved. It means that you're not – this player is probably not a career <laughs> Colorado Avalanche. You know, like it, whether or not it's now or later or with, you know. Well, with Colorado, and it, it's just really – I mean, I understand they have a salary structure, and the way they look at things is, okay, you have a guy like Matt Duchesne, who's your – number one player at that point, and Ryan O'Reilly wants to make, and, and Matt Duchesne was a third overall pick. Ryan O'Reilly was a second round pick. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, or they believe that Duchesne should have been the top paid forward. And, you know, after a, having a year where Ryan O'Reilly had a better or equal year to Duchesne, he was like, okay, I think I deserve as much or more than him. Right. And they would not go over that amount. So that when he signed that offer sheet with Calgary a few years ago, it was going to pay him more in salary, but the cap hit was going to be the same. So I think what's going on here with Barry is they don't want to pay Barry as much or more than Eric Johnson, and Eric Johnson's making $6 million. So that's they're holding the line on salaries. And that's all fine and good, but in the end, sometimes you have to – Step back a little bit. Yeah, you have to to retain the players that you want to retain. Now, simply, if they don't want to retain Jason Berry, then you move them. But you're never going to be a better team because I don't see you know the one place that that team is very weak is on defense, and there is not a replacement for Tyson Berry on that roster right now. No, there isn't. And there, I mean, and Tyson Berry is the kind of player that you know th- th- we've talked about before that you really do want. Want this kind of this is the kind of guy that in the defender in this day and age he's the prototypical defender right so yeah this is uh this is gonna get fascinating I mean I and I think this I think this could this could turn I mean I in the last few days heard a lot of talk about Edmonton trying to get Tyson Barry again like the jumping back in on this thing and seeing if they can if they can grab him somehow to you know which would which would further enhance their defense which they've been working on this summer so I you know I don't know what it's gonna take but um. Although he's not the type of defenseman that, I mean, because let, let's face it, Edmonton has got Sakara. Um, they, you know, they have a few guys who are, I would categorize as offensive defensemen. You know, they, they could use another puck carrier, so that's where he fits in. But I, I think more than anything, they need, you know, they need a, a stay-at-home two-way guy more than they need an offensive guy. And, you know, Barry is, I think, more of an offensive defenseman than anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that that I agree with that. Um, a couple of interesting other notes. Uh, so Matt Dumba, did that sign ha- signing happen before or after the podcast yesterday? After, right? It happened after. Yeah. Right. So Matt Dumba signing yesterday in Minnesota. Um, this when I talk to people out in Minnesota, this they all many many will tell me that Dumba is one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL that people really just don't know about. This is this is a common this you commonly heard about that he's the guy that they would not trade. To get you know to get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins or, but he's the, he's the player you know that, that really they love and so them signing him, keeping him going in in, in you know it's, it's only a two year deal five point one million dollar contract so it is the kind of thing that makes you wonder 
is he there long term? Because this is this is one of those contracts that does that does you know that could that could lead to him hitting free agency pretty quickly, right? Well, I mean, he'll still be an RFA. It's a bridge deal. But right. The, the thing is, is that I'm a little surprised that they got him for under three million dollars. Now he only he had you know a good season last year, and he's an up and coming defenseman. There's no doubt. But I thought, looking at what they paid Jonas Brodeen, which was over $4 million on a long-term deal, that that was the area where they were going to have to pay him to be yeah. able to, to get him locked up. I agree. They, they didn't have to do that. So now they sort of push the dilemma down the road one or two years. It's more like, you know, now they can move Brodeen if they need to or have to. They can move a Scandella or a, uh, a Jared Spurgeon if they want to, or if they want to create room. You know, they got most of their defense locked up for two years or more, so it gives them a little bit of flexibility, but they have no flexibility on the cap. They have everybody locked up, and there's not a lot of room there. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a good signing, and Chuck Fletcher pulled off something because I didn't think they would get him locked up for that little, but it just delays the inevitable about them making decisions. Yeah, and I think, but I think Brodeen, Brodeen's the name that's mostly come up in the Nugent Hopkins rumors, and um, and I think that's really accurate too. Having talked to people there, I think that Brodeen is the guy that they they would move for Nugent Hopkins. So you know, the, the, but and 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 there's a lot of wild fans that that agree with you that think that would have expected if these two contracts were going down that Dumbo would have been the guy getting paid more than Brodeen, not the opposite way. But that's not to say that Brodeen's a bad defenseman at all. It's just um, well, if if you think I, about it this way. I, uh, Dumba's making two five, uh, Brodeen's making four one. That's a, you know roughly two million dollars, a little less than two million dollars. If they traded Brodeen for Nugent Hopkins, Nugent Hopkins is making six. That's two two million more than what Brodeen is making. So by signing Dumba to that to to a contract about two million dollars less than you thought they would have to, they actually saved the money to be able to pay. Nugent Hopkins two million dollars more than what Brodeen is making. So if that deal goes down, there's enough space to be able to fit him. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, have you seen this? Um, you know, are you familiar with the National College Prospect Hockey League? No. <laughs> All right. So, this is this is something that uh, someone sent me. This I had never I had never heard of that league before. The National College Prospects Hockey Leagues. There's a Lake Erie franchise. Um, so it's a league. Um. And uh, the Lake Erie team, and I just want to know your thoughts on this. It's kind of a little political, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been called the Warriors, this team. And um, oh, boy. All right, so you can see where this is going, right? Mm-hmm. So they put out their new logo, and this is – I just want to know does how, Dan Does Dan Snyder own this team? How idiotic you can be. Okay, this is their – this was their logo. This is not fake. This is actually really the Lake Erie, Erie Warriors logo. Okay, so just um, – I don't know. Uh, so now, the, but they have decided that this doesn't work, and they're going. <laughs> someone, yeah, someone in this day and age, as I told them that that's not a good idea. They are going to be renamed the Lake Erie Gulls. Again, I didn't even know this league existed, but I just, I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts on this kind of stuff? Like when you get, you know, the political correctness of logos. You know, like it's not. It's it's a big discussion, and there's a lot of op- different opinions on it. Well, I I see I. I... There have been a couple col- a couple of high schools in the Buffalo area that had, you know, what they considered politically incorrect uh, school names or teams. Yeah. And, and there was a hue and cry 
when that high school changed their name. I, I think, see, I mean, I understand for somebody who's of Native American descent, they would find offense in something like Redskins. Yeah. That. But we're talking warriors. You know, it doesn't... Yeah. Now, like the in my hometown, the Chickawaga Central High School, their name was Warriors, and okay. and the emblem was a similar, you know, like a, okay, Indian headdress with a really Native American, yeah, and because I believe Chickawaga is a Native American. Yeah, that's that's got to be. Yeah, I mean so, that that's so, totally. I mean, I, it, to me, it's not offensive. To me, it's honoring. You know the 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 town name and the and the origin. You know, I believe there may have been Iroquois Indians that were in in Western New York and in Ch I don't know if they were in Chickawaga, but I, you know, yeah. I, so I, in that instance, I think I don't think see that as offensive. I don't see the Cleveland Indians as offensive. I don't see some of the other like uh, you know the fight the Fighting Sioux for North Dakota, which is uh, has raised a, a a great deal of hue and cry. And yeah. Not, not even that name anymore. I mean, I understand, you know, those to me are not offensive, but Redskins, I think everybody, everybody is painting with a broad brush and they think that, you know, every one of them should be changed because Redskins yeah. should be changed. Now, I don't think that's the case, but, you know, we have rampant political correctness in, in the U.S. and that's yeah. one thing that I, 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 I really don't like, but... I'm uh, in the minority, apparently. It's, it's a hard call. It's a very hard call because there's no, you know, when you start drawing lines, like where do you draw the lines on these sports teams? You know, like it's it's a tough line to draw. Um, it it's easier to avoid it altogether, for sure. If you're running the business, it's easier. If you're if you're you know running that team, it's easier just to avoid this because, you know, there's plenty of good names out there. And now, unless now in like a place like Chicago or something like that, where it is an Indian, it's an, it's an Indian named town. And, and I'm, I don't know how many Indians still call that home or if there's an American Indian population, yeah. but you know, if there's an, these kind of logos, you know, like the Braves, the Atlanta Braves logo, these, these are logos that, you know, they're kind of, they, they do they, the one I just showed can be construed as, as, you know, wrong, but can also be construed as just, you know, they're just the way that, you know, sometimes Indians portray themselves. There's just the, the, the concept of, you know, just like, you know, the, the warrior and the fighting warrior. It's not as if these were trying to be evil here, I think. So it's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in. And it's and probably then, the Seneca Nation and not the Iroquois because the Senecas are the ones who have the casinos in the area. So, okay. Well, so, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I'd like to go to them and see what they think about this kind of thing. Like that, that's if, if it really offends them, because it's hard to say that something, it's, it's easy for all of us to say something offends someone else, you know, when it's not and try to be too careful. And, and, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm the, I'm the first person to just say, oh, you know, it's easier just to not deal with this because if we had something like that, hockey buzz, I would just be like, you know, why do we want to risk offending somebody? It's not, it's not worth risking offending anybody. Um, but I don't know exactly. Anyway, that's just a little political talk there, Mike. I thought you'd like. Um, <laughs> Let's please not go into the convention last night because I had somebody email me a couple of days ago and said, when you guys talk politics, you piece, you piss off half the people that are watching. And I was like, yeah, but the other half are very, very interested, aren't they? Yeah, I don't want to get into that at all. Um, we yeah, got into it the other day, and I just I made my statement. That was that. Um, this is really this is a really good picture. Okay, so let's talk about something happy for a second before we get into it. this picture. Is um, is, I found this on Reddit. Um, it's Jeff Brown and Jeff Chickering. Okay, both who were second round draft picks in number in 1984, holding up their infant sons Jacob and Logan. So this is pretty funny because these both guys were picked in the first round this year. So here's this. This is a pretty cool. This is a pretty cool photo. Like here, here they are. So this is um, you know, wow. 
Isn't that wild? So that's Jeff Brown and um and Jeff Chikrin with 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 Logan Brown and Jacob Chikrin. And uh both it's, these guys went in the first round this year. These two those, little kids. Those kids have grown up just a bit because like when I yeah. saw Logan Brown at the draft combine, I was more like Hi Logan. And Jacob yeah, Chikrin. I know. Jacob Chikrin's oh. huge too. Holy cow. But the, that kid is like he's a you know, he could be a bodybuilder. He's so physically imposing, and that's, you know, though he was a first-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes, and, you know, there's been some talk that he may have a legitimate chance of making the Coyotes as an 18-year-old. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, yeah, that's that's a that's a cool photo. I like that's a cool that. cool photo. I, and, I you know, um, I heard earlier today, I heard Connor Murphy interviewed, um, who was extended yesterday, and, you know, it's funny because his, Gord Murphy was his dad, and Gord Murphy and Jeff Chickren played, in, on the same Flyers team that I grew up watching. So it's funny now that you have Connor Murphy and Jacob Chickering in the league. This, they're both, um, yeah, this is really, I mean, it's not surprising to me that kids of professional hockey players, this happens a lot, like, or it happens often. I wouldn't say a lot, but it happens often enough that you would say, okay. But, um, well, let, let's talk about those signings for a second. Yeah. Because, I mean, Connor Murphy. I believe it was a six-year deal making a little less than $4 million. I, I understand, you know, he's a big defenseman. He's probably more of a stay-at-home type than an offensive guy. He only had a 17 points last year. Um, but, again, he's being paid the same amount of money as Travis Hamanick. Right. And, I mean, th- is this a mark of the escalation of def- of the price of defensive players? I, I think it is because I'm not saying Connor Murphy's not a good defenseman. He is, but you know, you're pay- now you're paying three, almost four million dollars for a guy. Now I think he's probably a second pairing guy, but on a really good team, he might be a bottom pairing guy, and maybe he can grow into a, a second pairing guy. But you know, you're talking four million dollars for 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 him, and then they sign Michael Stone, who had a really good year. 36 points. He had 30 assists, and signed him to a one-year deal for four million bucks. So four million dollars isn't going as far as it used to. Act. No, I know. No, it's 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 so true. I mean, it really it really hasn't. Yeah, and I know. I mean, I had I had four million dollars last year. Didn't I'm I? sure he did. Yes, yes, we did. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you know something? I heard somebody else talking today, and I really thought this was fascinating. I wanted to bring this up to you. Um, we talked the other day about. We got into a little discussion about Team USA, right? And Team USA and the fact that a lot of the Team North American players would be considered should be considered for Team USA were the Team North America not existing, right? And and maybe a few Canadians as well, but mostly North mostly Americans. Yeah. I mean Ekblad might be the one perhaps, I don't know, that you would think about for Team Canada. Um and but McDavid. And- yeah, and McDavid, of course. But even McDavid it might be harder for McDavid just because there's so many players like that. But um not that there's so many. I mean, McDavid is his own entity, of course. But um, there are there is some someone sent me an email, and they were absolutely right because I said, you know, I look at Eichel. Okay, Eichel, I think would make the team, but you know, then Larkin, okay, maybe make the team. Seth Jones, okay, perhaps. I mean, those are players that all should be probably. I wonder. I wonder if they're first of all. I wonder if they're upset that they're not on Team USA. Like, I wonder if that plays into it, or if they're happy about this. I haven't talked to anyone about it. Some of the question I'm going to ask them when I get there, they probably won't admit to it, but. I wonder deep down if they, but then then someone brought up a player to, of mine that that definitely is on is on North America that would make Team USA right away, and I was like we didn't even talk about him, 
and it just kind of baffled me. Like I completely forgot about this player being on being on Team North America, which is insane. And who would that be? But Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau would definitely. And I talked to some people at Team USA about this, and you know, he's a, it's it's a very. I mean, think about it. I mean, of all the players on that team. I mean, can you do you think he do you think he has a he would have he would have he would be more likely to be there than the other guys because I kind of do. Are we are we talking about the Team USA being coached by John Tortorella or just a generic Team USA? By <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about what should be on Team USA. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then yes, because I mean, we we made the argument that the 2014 team in Sochi had two scores. Now they had more guys who could score, but two pure scorers in Patrick Kane and Phil Kessel. Right. This team does not, and it doesn't even have Kessel. Even after the injury to Ryan Callahan, they didn't choose him. They chose Paul Mary. They have one legitimate show-stopping scorer in Patrick Kane. They have some other good guys like Pacioretty, but they, you know, they're fairly bereft of, you know, difference-making offense. And Goudreau is a difference-making guy. He's he's smaller, but he's so quick, and he creates opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I I think. Eichel, I think Larkin, I think Goudreau, I think they would all be in the mix. I think that some of the defensemen will be in the mix. But, yeah, and, and I, I don't know about how these guys feel. I mean, I'm sure to the media they will say, oh, yeah, this is going to be so exciting. I'm playing with my peers and this and that. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're sort of in a limbo state. Like, okay, you win this, you win the, the championship for the World Cup, and you're going like, yay, North America. Right. Huh? Right. You know, like, okay, where's, you know, where's Mexico? You know, it's no, it's you know, okay. Canada, U.S., great. I mean, I think the fans in Toronto will actually cheer for Team North America over any team other than Canada. Yeah. Or Maple Leafs on that team, and at the game, these games are all. And then if they play each other, you you would have to question who the fans in Toronto might root for. Like if they play each other in a in a championship game, that's a tough call, right? But. Yeah. It shouldn't be. I mean, the, the, and that's that is a little bit why this feels pretty flawed to me at some point because, I mean, some point and the guy pointed out to me in an email Johnny Gaudreau was the seventh leading scorer in the NHL this year, which I did not realize. I didn't. I did not realize that. I mean, I know Johnny Gaudreau had a good year, mm-hmm. but he was he. You know, he scored as many points as Pavelski and as Pavelski, and you know that's just. And he was tied tied for sixth actually with Pavelski. Right. That's just. I mean, I, I under okay. I, first of all, that's I under, five points less than Sidney Crosby. That's that that puts things in perspective. So, I understand the reason why they wanted to make this an eight-team tournament, and they created this. You know, they created Team Europe so that Anze Kopitar could play in the tournament. Basically, it's like okay, you know, like, you know, you wanted to include you know the Swiss and the Danes and you know all, all these other nationalities that wouldn't have, be able to put a team by themselves on. I get that, and that's that's fine, but that's sort of what Team North America is, and it's like, you know, you have multiple nationalities, and if they if they are successful and if they win, like, what national anthem is going to be played? Are they all, like, all seven of them going to be played at the same time? Right. But I, I think that they, you know, and I think, I know the reason why, because, you know, if you put out a Team Slovakia, or if you put out a Team Germany, they would probably get killed. Right. Why not go with Why not go with a sixteen tournament and just have a round robin instead of having you know two divisions of four teams and three game preliminary games? And I mean, I just think you created something for the sake of the tournament, and I think it loses its gravitas when you do that because it's not something that's born out of nationality. It's just born out of convenience for this tournament. Well, yeah. What it is. 
what it was done for was it, it's just it, this is an NHL event and they are just they want NHL stars playing in it. That's what this is all about, right? So they this they want as many NHL stars playing in it as they can. And they knew that a lot of these stars would not make the team would not make Team Canada, a lot of these younger players, and a lot of them wouldn't make Team USA. And and um, you know, I guess they didn't think the same of the younger players from overseas. But when you look at like Kuznetsov and Panarin, who are both also in the top ten, they are twenty four. So they are they are a little they're just over the age limit anyway to play on that team. So if they, you know, if you were to take some of those guys, you could say, okay, you know, that's that's to me that's interesting that they're just over the age of, of what that team would be. Well, what, what will be interesting is to see if this, you know, whenever they have the next World Cup, whether they will deviate away from this North America Europe idea and do something else. I mean, the depth of talent is so deep with Canada, you could conceivably make two. Canadian teams. Yeah, it's getting to the point where you could conceivably make two American teams. And if you were to do that, if you were to make two Canadian teams, how would you do it? Would you? And that—that that to me, to me, I think what you'd have to do is you'd regionalize it. You'd have to have Western Canada versus Eastern Canada. I think that would be the that would be the cool way to do it, not to just like pick even teams. Um, yep. You know, but I think if you go to Western Canada versus Eastern Canada, I mean, yep. who wins in that in that case? You know, I mean, obviously there are more stars from Eastern Canada. West, I mean, Western Canada would get Carey Price. They would get Carey Price, right? And they would have, they would have another really, – so I think that if you're going to do it, do it, someone else recommended that, okay, what if you were to take you know, French I, I would, Canada? I, I, would, I would say – actually, I would say Ontario versus the rest of Canada. Okay. Because you know, with Ontario, you'd have Stamkos, you'd have McDavid, you'd have – Now that – now there you'd have something because you would, you would definitely have – if you put that in Toronto, yeah. <laughs> that, now you'd have something, right? Because yes. – you would have you would have something that really would be there would be a real rooting interest there would be an actual okay because Ontario people are obviously very proud of Ontario and they should be and it's a it's a huge hockey hotbed so you know someone else recommended okay what about you know you know French Canada versus and and I said that yeah. that's yeah a little I mean you don't quite it's, it's you don't really want to I think that's a kind of a wounded thing that you don't really want to open up I mean you could, I mean okay you could divide it up and say okay you know, Ontario and the Maritimes, and then yeah. back in Western Canada, because with the Maritimes, you get Sidney Crosby. That would, you know what, that, yeah, but you just see that, that, then they would, you would, if you did that, you would just, it, you, people would be furious. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd be like, obviously, you want McKinnon and Crosby, and that's oh. what you, you're going to get McKinnon and Crosby, and that's the whole, no, no, you have to go, if, if Ontario's going to do this, they got to go full tilt Ontario, and that's it, and then no one can be mad about it, because then okay. you're, okay, you're from Ontario, that's it. But let's think about that would be a fun that would be a fun blog to do um, a team Ontario versus the rest of Canada and how that would fit play out you know yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm 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 looking up where Braden Holpe is from I I think he's from Western Canada so I think the 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 problem area for a team Ontario would be would be in goal in goal yeah, yeah um, Holpe is from Saskatchewan so uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, Prices from Alberta, so you're talking third, fourth string. You're talking third or fourth string goaltender when it comes. Where's Steve to Mason from? He's from. I think he's from Toronto. I think he is. I think he might be your best Ontario goalie. Yeah. I'm just because he he was like fifth or, fifth or sixth in the in the depth chart when I heard as far as Team Canada goes. Yeah, he's from Oakville. Yeah, so he's from suburban Toronto. Yeah, so he might be. That's it. I like that though. I like this. I like this experiment. We should do this. We should but, work but it out. I see. The thing is, I think that I think that that would be more true to 
I mean, honestly. Yeah, that would be more true to the spirit of this whole thing. Who the, who the hell do you think Don Cherry is cheering for? He's always been the backer of the OHL and the backer of all those Toronto boys and those OHL Oh, I know. Boys. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine Don Cherry in that tournament? That would yeah, be phenomenal. He'll be, he'll be uh, you know, I mean. Sportsnet wants to do something fun or, high, or, you know, CBC wants to do something fun. That would be fun. He'll be arguing, like, it'll be like point-counterpoint or crossfire with Don Cherry arguing against Don Cherry, like the Western Canada Don Cherry against the Ontario Don, Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah, right. Can you, I mean, here's the question, though. If you split Canada up and you, brought, and you gave the U.S. back its under-23 players, that, the balance, that would change everything, too. Like, at that point, would yeah, the, can, would the okay. U.S. become more powerful than either Canadian team? Can you imagine the hue and cry? Uh, like, say, say that, say you, that's what happens, and right. all their players, and Canada is split up into two teams, and the, the U.S. wins. It'll the, the argument will be, oh, of course they won. They had to split us up because we're the greatest hockey country in the world. And oh they, yeah. Take us on one on one. They had to. It was divide and conquer. You know <laughs> that that's what the argument would be. No. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I. But I think I would like that better than this under twenty three team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, 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 as much as I think that, and that, that's not to say that the under twenty three team won't be a lot of fun to watch because they will be. This will be. I mean, I think that if you're going to miss, you're not going to want to miss a game for that team. I mean, that team is so crazy, has so many, so much talent, and so much speed on it. And that team's going to beat is going to be a favorite, I think, over anyone but Canada. I, I really think I really feel that under twenty three team, ex- with the exception of Canada, it should win and should beat anybody. Team um, Ontario, we got to come up with a with a jersey for Team Ontario. Team Ontario, yeah, yeah, it just can't be blue and white. Um, <laughs> sure it can. <laughs> sure it can. But then, imagine we'll have the Maple Leafs team. Maple Leafs play if you do that. Um, no, but I think that yeah, this is. Um, now I think that I wonder Team Ontario versus the rest of Canada. I think the rest of Canada would. I don't know. Like you say, goaltending is such a big thing. So Price and Holtby, but Mason's no slouch. So you put him in there. You're, 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 Wait, who's the who, who's the third stringer right now? It's it's who's the third stringer behind after? Uh, hold on. After Price and Holtby, I'm 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 drawing a blank. It's not Mason. No, it's not Mason. One second. Um, Price Holpe and it's not Lawan. Crawford, I mean, Crawf- Crawford, Corey Crawford. Where is he Corey from? Crawford, and I believe he's from Western Canada too. So. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. But, uh, but Luongo is from uh, is from Can- It's from uh, let's see. Well, Luong- no, Luongo is from Montreal, I believe. And so is Corey Crawford's from Montreal. That's right. That's right. He is from Montreal. Um, I mean, that's like you say, if you do East versus West, that's the other thing, but. You could do East versus West, and then, but then, then, then you're giving the really the no the the population base is so much stronger in the East. Yes, that you would right. think the East should be able to beat the and, West, but and, there and, are some really great players from the West, so it's hard to say. Like going through this list, you know, like just that's the thing. Like, I think it's I, and I'm if if I'm wrong, you know, I'll correct myself, but I believe it's one third of Canada's population is in Ontario. I mean, Toronto is a city. And the GTA, I believe, is around 10 million, and I think the population of Canada is 35, around 35 million. So you're talking one third of the country, and you know the greatest center of, of hockey in, in the country is in the in the GTA. So right. now I'm start, starting to sound like Don Cherry, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean you, you are, and then I mean that's um, let's see if I have it here. I'm trying to find the actual roster done in a way where I can see where these guys are from. <sighs> 
can't find it anywhere. Well, okay. But, but I mean, when you go through, like, Drew Doughty is where's where's Doughty from? Um, Doughty's from Doughty's from he's from Toronto, right? He's from Ontario. Um, I believe so. I, th- I think he's from Ontario. I think he's he might be from London. He's from London. That's where he's from. Yeah, he's from London. There you go. He's from London. All right, so that that the, you know you get you get Doughty. Um, <laughs> Tavares, you get Stamkos, you get. Uh, uh, you get uh, where's Duncan Keith from? Duncan Keith is from, from Western Winnipeg. Canada. Yeah, he's a Winnipeg guy. Okay, right. So that's Jonathan, there. Jonathan Taves is from Winnipeg. Yeah, Taves is from Winnipeg too. Yeah. Um, Edward Vlasic is from Montreal, right? Uh, yes, I believe. Yeah, so. he's um, he's from he's from Quebec at least, I, I believe, right? Yeah, he's from he's from Montreal. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, Shea Weber is. Shea Weber's from Saskatchewan. Western. I know, like, you get the big defensemen out. They, they, as they always used to say, they grow the big defensemen out in the plains of Canada, right? So that's the truth about that kind of stuff. Dion, Dion Phaneuf is from from Edmonton. Right. Now, Peter Angelo is from Ontario. There you yes. go. From yes. King City, King City, Ontario. That's good. Toronto. Yep. Um, Jake Muzzin is from Ontario. He's from Woodstock, Ontario. There you go. So I'm going through the list here of the players. Uh, so Brent Burns is from, where's Brent he's from, I think he's from Ontario. He's from Ajax, Ontario. Nice. There you go. You're starting to get some pretty good defensemen here put together. It's about half your defenses, half your defenses from, but I feel, but the funny thing is the majority of the, the majority of the forwards, I, I think yeah. a lot, a lot of the forwards are from, well, let's get through it. Let's get through it real fast here. So we got, so we're starting off with, uh, Jamie Ben, who he's is from, he's from, he's from Western Canada. He's from Victoria. Okay. So, so we got Jamie Ben's from Victoria. Um, then we've got uh, Patrice Bergeron is from Quebec. Quebec. Yep. Jeff Carter is from Ontario. I think. I think he's from Ontario too, but yeah, he's from London. Okay. There you go. Right, Joe, so you Thor- get- Joe Thornton is from London. From Joe St. Thornton's Carter. definitely from London. Uh, Sidney Crosby is obviously from the Maritimes. Getzlaff is from Alberta, I think. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Okay. Excuse me. He's from Regina. Um, and uh, since we got that, is. Sagan is from Ontario, isn't he? He's yes. from Brampton. Yeah, he's from Brampton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Corey Perry. He's from Ontario. Right. So this team is about half and half. It's, it's actually kind of working out. Like you know, obviously you got Stampus and Tavares, like you said. Tate, Thornton, um, Marchand, Brad, Brad Marchand is from Nova Scotia. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So he go there. Um, he didn't live in his, much of his life in Nova Scotia, though. Um, I think if I remember right, I think he, Matt Duchesne is from Ontario. And so so is Eckblad's uh, from Windsor. And Claude Giroux from Ottawa, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Not, so, yeah, it sounds like it would be, it would be about – it would be almost – No, Claude Giroux from Hearst, Ontario. Right, I forgot about that. Okay, okay. He's from way up north, 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 northern Ontario. See, the, the, the thing that you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have a federal case here with like Brad Marchand. He's born in, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's right. born when his parents were on vacation in yeah, Halifax. It's got to be where you were born and where. Yeah, exactly. And actually, you know, he lives in on he lives in you know Brampton or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just making. But it so up. a lot of people do move to like th- that. That would be a little unfair. Maybe we'd have to make some kind of cutoff for this. How it would be? It would have to be. Um, Great. We have to hire a private investigator. To no, if, if you play, if you started playing your youth hockey in Ontario, like if you if you move if if you didn't play hockey anywhere before, like if you started five or six or seven years old playing in Ontario, you're from Ontario. We call that, you know, that would be. Right. But to me, you know, if you moved there, if if you played hockey anywhere else as a youth before you moved to Ontario, you're from there. That's how I would do it. I think it has to be where you started your youth hockey. <laughs> your well, first. Year. 
first well, organized youth hockey, like five or six or whatever. Pee wee hockey. That's well, it. The, the screw the screwy thing would be like a, a be like a a, um, a family like the Felinos, where mm-hmm. I believe Marcus, the younger Felino, was born in Sudbury, Ontario, which is where Mike and the family are from. Right. He was either born in Sudbury or he was born in Buffalo. Nick Felino played for Team USA, and Marcus Felino played for Team Canada. <laughs> right, right, right. They had dual citizenship, so it's a question of like, okay, but you know, I they may have both been born in Buffalo. So if they were both born in Buffalo, then they would be part of Team USA, in spite of the fact that Marcus played for Team Canada. So <laughs> right. you know, I think it's a, it would be a really you know you're gonna have to get special dispensation for these these guys. Yeah, right. Nick, Nick Felino was born in Buffalo. And right. played and played for and he played in the U.S. National Development Program. And Marcus Foligno was born. Uh, let's see. Marcus Foligno was also born in Buffalo, but played for Team Canada. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I mean that, that that's. I mean, and well, you look at look at guys like um like Jacob Chicken we were talking about who you know grew up but played grew up in Florida but played in Canada mostly. Right. Um. So, so um, someone texted me. This is true that Matt Murray is from Ontario, the goalie from the Penguins. Okay, well there you go. Another Ontario goalie that you have there. Um, and here's uh, your starter. Either Matt Murray or you know, or Steve Mason. I think you have both those guys. Um, you know, so Ryan. I'm just going through now. I'm going through Team North America. <laughs> Ryan Murray is from is not from there. Where's yeah. Morgan Riley from? Morgan Riley's from uh, Vancouver. Okay, right. Okay. Um, there you go. Jacob Truba is from Ontario, isn't he? Hold on. He's a U.S. kid. Uh, he? Right. He's really, what am I saying? Yeah, he's American. That's crazy. I'm losing my mind. Well, yeah, I don't really, it's, it's confusing because you're not you're used to you're used to everybody being from one country and these teams, but with Team North America, it's split. So. Yeah, and there's so many. I mean, you know, obviously, some, McDavid is from Ontario. From Toronto. Right. Um, or one of the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, Sean Monaghan is from Brampton. Yep. All right, so you got that going on for you. Um, just looking through these other guys, there's a lot of obviously Americans on this team, which is funny. Um, you know, it's July 29th, folks. No, but this is a. Fu- I think this is a. Oh, oh so here we go. Oh, yeah, I forget Brandon Sod is from Pittsburgh. I forgot. I always yes. forget that. Yes. I always forget that Brandon Sod's from Pittsburgh. He's another guy that Americans should look at. Um, but didn't. But didn't right. Oh, wait, no, 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 they they couldn't because he's under twenty. They couldn't because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like Brandon Saad could possibly be under twenty three. Like he's the guy who looks like he on this team when you look at this team that there's just no way. The gray beard and the twenty three year old and under team. Yeah, I know yeah, he's he's totally totally not. It's just crazy. I know. So we will. I will at some point. We'll have, at some point have to do a blog about this and put together the best uh, and how that would work because I think that's something to consider for the next time next go around for this depending on how this all plays out. I think yeah. you know you have to probably keep the team Europe because I can't think of any other way to include you know Slovenia, Slovakia. Yeah. You know I, I think you should call them Team S: Slovenia, Slovakia, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's a tough one. It's, it's, it, it, and I, I, I mean, it, it, it definitely takes something away from, from. I, I almost, I really, it will never happen because this is this is an angel event. But what you would like there to be like a play-in, like a little tournament that goes on that, that happens before, where one of those teams can get into this. Like that's how I would like to see it happen. Like it, in an ideal way, you know that, that that you know earlier in the summer, Slovakia would play Switzerland, would play you know Germany. They would all play each other. 
in a little mini to- in a mini tournament, and the winner would get to go to the World Cup of Hockey. That's how. Well, some somebody actually makes a pretty good point on uh, on Twitter here in response to who's watching the show. He says in you know in a few years, McDavid, Eichel, and Matthews will still all be under twenty three. Oh, I know they're not, they're not, they're going to in four years they they could still play on this team. Yeah, so I mean, does do, does USA Hockey and does Hockey Canada really want their future? not playing for Canada and the U.S. internationally. Is this a yeah. one-off, or is this something that they will perpetuate going forward? And I, I don't and know. I'll go even further in telling you that I have heard rumors that they might do this in two years. Like, it might not be a four-year thing. It could be a two-year thing mm. um, to line up more with the Olympics, you know, like actually the Winter Olympics. So I don't know. Uh, it's um, Well, they, yeah, they would do it in August and September of 2018, instead of going to the Olympics in February. And, right. Yeah. So I, the, the long and the short of it is, I don't think that the NHL is going to the Olympics. It, it, the, the sign no, is, I don't think they're not going to the Olympics. They're not, not these Olympics. But that doesn't mean they won't go to the Olympics ever again. I, I think that that's something that people have to realize is very, very, very true. Like there is definitely a the, – the NHL will be back at the Olympics, I believe, at some point. I just think that right now – they won't be at these Olympics, and they won't necessarily be at the next Olympics either. But they will eventually. And and what what might be a factor, Eck, What might be a factor is if this Rio Olympics is a complete and utter. No, you're absolutely 100 percent right. I've thought about that too because the, I I do think that the Olympics in general could turn into something that has to happen in certain places and not and won't be allowed to just take place in random countries. Not ran not these are random countries, but in countries that don't have as much security as the U.S. has. So the Olympics could become a U.S. type event. Well, and not, not just that, but in terms of financially, I mean, they're saying, right. I know that Sochi costs $60 billion or some ridiculous amount, um, but Rio is could be a public relations disaster. Oh, yeah. You know, with golfers backing out, with basketball players backing out, with Zika and with all the water stuff. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, God, God forbid if there's a terrorist act in, in Brazil, you know, the thing is, it's like, if, if that happens and the Olympics are a disaster, the, the, they will not want the, the follow-up Olympics, which, we, which will be 2018 in, in South Korea, to be a failure as well. And the, and the NHL backing out of that Olympics, being the centerpiece along with figure skating that everybody watches, they'll probably try to prevent that from happening and maybe we'll bend over backwards to the NHL and give them what they want to be able to keep them in the loop. Oh yeah, no. I, I think I think that could happen. I mean, but I I I I do think the likelihood that that these events are held in dangerous places in the world or is 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 also going to go down seriously if something happens. Yeah, the problem is every place nowadays is. No, it is. It's hard. It's hard to argue. But the but the money is being the money that makes the Olympics go is being spent here in America, right? So that's like, and and that. So at the end of the day, you have to look at. It that way to a degree in terms of the you know the American networks who are putting all this money and they might start demanding that it's in America. Yeah, that's well, possible. You know, right. I, I and it's not and that would just be something. It's not the greatest. I mean, I love the fact that it's in Rio. I love the fact you get to see different parts of the world from where we sit on television. And you know, but um, but I also have to say that going to one in Vancouver here in North America was having covered that. It was it was incredible to cover one in North America where it, it was everything was pretty. You felt very secure about everything. I mean that that was eight years ago, so it changes things too. Or six years ago now. 
Um, anyway, um, that's all the time we have for today, but we will be back on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you then. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Thanks so much for watching.